0: Everybody say amen. amen. I got the warm fuzzies this morning. I don't know about you. It's, it might be cold outside, but it's warm in here. You're looking great. So honored to be here. Every time I come, just thoughts and feelings and emotions just kind of explode from all sides and, and uh, all these member missionaries up here. It made me jealous because I would like to be a member missionary one day. Uh, maybe they can adopt me into the family, but because of this church there's just, over the years, you know, I've, I've got to hang out with so many of them and so many of you and some of them in their places of ministry. Uh, gosh, it's just been encouraging. Where's Na- uh, Nathan's here? I, Nathan, I've been to San Luis Potosi, man, oh man. And others. In fact, where's Vicky? Vicky, back years ago, I went with, with the to the Wits to Durango, Mexico. Uh, Man, just all kinds of great things. So we're honored to be here today, Uh, and uh, our hearts are warmed. We send greetings from the Walker family. I got to tell you one funny story. You know, you're really friends with someone, and our families have been friends since uh, before. any of the boys had wives or kids Uh, in fact we were kind of rehearsing some of that last night Uh, and you know you're really good friends when you're sitting at home and your doorbell rings this was years ago and I opened went to the door and there's the entire bell family (laughs) standing there unannounced and they stayed for three days And the, I think Matt just found out, you mean dad didn't call? No, he, no. And it was amazing. I mean, they had five boys and we had three kids and we just piled them out on the pal- pallets and had a blast. And so we love the Bell family. We love this church. And a cool thing about today, there, there is a Christ is King church going on right now uh, just north of us at Fredericksburg, isn't that cool? Yeah. Come on, let's. Hey, yeah. Lord, bless them today in Jesus' name. And so, what? Such an honor to be around you. I, I feel the need to quote two people today. The first one is Dak Prescott. Here we go. Here we go. And then the next the next one's C.S. Lewis. Okay, I'm just trying to show off here a little bit. The next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are. And that's what I've endeavored to do, and that's how I feel this morning. And so uh, we're honored to be here. Turn in your Bibles with me today to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is like a little mini Bible. I don't know if you knew that or not. How many books in the Bible? Pretty good. How many chapters are in Isaiah? Cool, you're pretty good. And how many chapters are in the Old Testament? 30, who said 39? Way to go. And then, of course, if your math's good, how many chapters are in the New Testament? So when you look at Isaiah, it's, it's pretty much kind of like that because the first 39 chapters are about judgment and problems and rebellion and what are we going to do about this sin problem. In fact, I don't know if you've ever read, this will give you the warm fuzzies. I'll tell you where I'm going in a minute, but I'm just laying a foundation Isaiah chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. And it's okay to say amen every once in a while. If you don't say that every once in a while, what what have I said before? I think you don't understand me. And so I just keep repeating myself over and over and over. So how many of you want to speed this along? Amen, Amen. there you go. So, in fact, Isaiah 1... Sets the tone for the first 39 chapters. Here, Verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers. How many of you don't want me to preach out of the first part of Isaiah? this morning I'm not going to do that and so it sets the tone for the latter part and if you look at the latter part of Isaiah the last 27 chapters it's about the Messiah is coming the Savior is coming redemption is coming have you ever read Isaiah 53 he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes we are healed so this morning, as we look at Isaiah, I want you to kind of understand that a little bit. And uh, I want you to turn to Isaiah 43. I'm going to just show you a couple of verses, and then we're going to camp out in Isaiah 55. If you're with me, say amen. amen. So Isaiah 43, it's a chapter that you've read, especially, uh, you know, the, the new year about the remember not the former things. But let me show you two verses. <clears throat> Verse 16 Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea. Now, he's speaking figuratively here, but he's referencing when the children of Israel were brought out of Egyptian bondage and crossed over the Red Sea. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and and, and, and the power, They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. Verse 18, he says, but don't remember that. Don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Somebody say new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will make a what in the wilderness? a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I I read those two passages, those few passages to you to show you a word. The first one is in verse 16. And he says, I'll make a path through the mighty waters and he said I'll make a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters and then you go down to the verse 21 and you see that the well I'll I'll skip verse 21 it says he'll make a a river and a path in the waters somebody say pathway how many of you have ever had God make a path for you well, he's, he's referencing a literal path he made through the Red Sea. But he said, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm going to do a new thing. And see, that word is just a normal word. It's all over the Old Testament. It's just a path. That's a pathway. You understand pathway. But he's speaking figuratively here. And this fig, the figurative understanding of this word means course of life. Someone say course of life. God wants to forge a new course of life for all of us. He wants us to understand his way and his will. Turn to Isaiah 55. He wants us to get on course. Somebody say, stay the course. course. Isaiah 55. I'm tempted to read the entire passage, the entire chapter, but let me just show you verse eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my thoughts. Somebody say ways. There's course of life. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, say course of life, course of life higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are not necessarily our ways. And this morning I came all the way from Beaumont, Texas, to talk about staying the course. How many of you know we live in a world that is spiraling off its axis? We live in a culture that from my unlimited, or my pardon me, my limited perspective is way off course. And when I get get on Facebook, or I look and I see some pastors and some churches, and I go like, I'll quote Ricky Ricardo, aye, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Those folks are way off course. I'm sure people might think that of me, maybe so, maybe not. But something concerns me about the culture we live in. Something concerns me about the, uh, many of the things I see e- even in the Christian culture in churches today. And I believe it's imperative and important for us to, to not, as the Bible says, lean to our own understanding, Proverbs 3, uh, and don't look to the way we think, but let him direct our path and develop for us a course of life. I have a warning for you today. I've got, a, I've got a word of warning. And let me just say, I told, I, let me just say, let me, get to the, let me get to the good part. I woke up this morning early in the morning and I had a prophetic unction on me in the middle of the night. And I just sensed something prophetic about today. And so I want to tell you, I've, I've not come just from with a little encouraging word from the Lord. But I believe when we conclude today, there will be a prophetic word of the Lord released over our lives and released over our church, released over our ministries, released over our, our, our missions endeavors around the world. And I believe we'll be able to take it. And even whether it's not through 2023, hopefully for the rest of our days, we can begin to to looking to the directive of God over our life and just be able to receive the word of the Lord, say, I'm staying the course. Amen. But I got a warning for you. Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. I don't know about you, but I've looked. I've done. How, how, let me just say, how many of you have ever done some stupid things in your life? You look said, "Man, that's that sounds great. That sounds awesome. We ought to do this. We ought to go do that. We ought to, and we develop some kind of even ministry mindset in our own understanding, and we develop a way. And there's a way that seems right. It seems okay. It seems good, but it's not the course of life that God would have for us. And so this morning, I'm going to look at Isaiah 55 just for a few moments. I, but I've got to warn you, we cannot lean to our own understanding. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You know, when you read through Isaiah, you've got to understand something, especially Isaiah 55. The children of Israel were not full, they were not happy, they were not blessed. They were, they were in bondage and in exile. And up comes Isaiah, and he begins to man, anybody still thirsty? Read first part of Isaiah you got you to gotta posture yourself and position yourself they were not well fed they had lost their way and if we're not careful we can lose our way I was telling Matt this morning, I spent some significant time with a friend on the phone. We're getting older together, and we ponder these things, and we talk about what, you know, the things of our lives and, and how they're changing and tuning and tweaking and whatever. And we talked about the fact that as we get older, we don't want to lose our way. We want to, we want to stay the course. Tell somebody, stay the course. So this morning, I want to give you some insight from Isaiah 55 about staying the course. It's a plan of action for anyone who's hungry enough, thirsty enough to find their way out of their captive circumstances or the situations of their life and, and position themselves in a, in a place where they realize, Ooh, I'm sensing the way of the Lord upon my life today. I'm sensing the directive of God upon my life today. I told Pastor Matt, this morning. You know, there's people that are gonna walk, they're gonna, they're gonna. It's kind of funny in, in South Texas, it gets below freezing, and some people say, Oh, we can't go to church this morning. But you made it today. You braved the frigid cold. You came to church today, and there are people that are here today, listen, who may be in a place where you feel like you've lost your way. You've gotten off course, and you need some directive from God to get you on course. I believe these simple thoughts this morning from Isaiah 55, if we'll listen and we'll understand and appropriate them for our life, we can get back on course and then stay the course. Somebody say another amen. Amen. Isaiah 55, are you with me today? The first thought I want to share with you this morning as we begin this, this wonderful Light Your World Conference I'm telling you what an impact uh, this church has made. And if this church continues to... If this church continues to... the I said if this church continues to... Stay the course, the impact of the gospel will be multiplied and and explode all over this world uh, and, and we will see greater things happen than we've ever seen before. Somebody say another. He said, hey, I'm gonna do a new thing. Are you with me? So the first thing, let's get, let's get this one down first. If we're going to get on course and stay the course, the first thing you and I must do on a daily basis if necessary is if you're going to go His way, if you're going to find the course of life that God has for you, the first thing is you got to forsake your way. Oh, I know, I say I'm going to get over that. It's going to get better. But look what he says in verse 7. He says this, let the wicked forsake his way. Now, I don't want to be mean, ugly, and rude here today. But how many of you all, when you look down inside something, there's some things that are just not really good. Okay, our way is not a good way. Okay, I'm going to try to get another. Our way is not a good way. Okay, and if you want to go his way, you got to forsake your way. Are you with me? Let the wicked forsake his way. It means to loosen your grip or or relinquish some things in your life. And that's what I was saying to you about my friend and I. We were talking about things. You know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And there's things in our life that we gotta give up if we're gonna go up. There's some things we need to release in our life. Let the wicked forsake his way. Hey, let all of us look at our life and be introspective for just a few moments and say, what is it about me that needs to go? What is it that was in me that is of no good, of no value, of no benefit that will actually if I, if I feed it and if I think about it, if I ponder it, it will knock me off course. Everyone says, forsake my way. We've got to forsake our way. I think of the disciples. Jesus comes to them Matthew 4 and other gospels preaches to them and he says to them Follow me. Someone say it out loud. Follow me. Follow me. me. And what the Bible says in Matthew 4, it says they immediately left their nets and followed him. And that's where it always begins for us. And I want to, even as we begin this year, look at our own lives and say, what do we need to do? What do we got to let go of? What do we need to give up? Because if we're going to find his way, if we're going to find his course for our life, if we're going to stay the course, there's some things that you and I may need to give up. There's some things you and I may need to lay down. Are you with me? In fact, Jesus said this in Luke 14, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, cannot be my disciple. You see, godliness in righteousness, hey, there, there, Hey, there's none righteous, no, not one. Are you with me? And without the mercy and the grace of God, we are, we are among all men most miserable, the Bible says. But I'm telling you something, there's a cooperative effort we have to take with what Christ has already done for us on Calvary's cross. There's some things we may need to lay down, and godliness and righteousness and following after Him is not accidental. You don't stumble into the way. It's intentional. And so today, as we begin this conference, as we gather together to worship, and ooh, wasn't worship great this morning. In fact, I have to tell you, I leaned over, do you know preachers talk with one another during church? You're not supposed to do that, but we can do that. And those worship, that worship team was worshiping, and I just said, Can I just go up there and hug all of them while they're. I'm going to hug them all. Because they're stay the course people right there. But there's some things we have to give up in our life, forsake your way. And I want you to think about that for just a moment. Ponder the fact that God this day may be setting a new course for you. I love so much the thought of laying hands on the kiddos tomorrow night. Because you know what God has for them? A course of life. Yes. That's right. And OMG, we cannot leave them to their own devices. They need the word of the Lord. They need the directive of God. They need the prophetic word of the Lord over their life. They need need this church. They need their mamas and daddies. They need the prophets, the preachers, the pastors, and the teachers to pray over them and and teach them the way of the Lord. Everybody say forsake your way. The second thing that you and I need to do in our life if we're going to get on course and stay on course is seek his way. you got to be proactive about this thing called the course of life. Look what he says in verse 6. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Somebody say, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Now there's some things that he's saying there that you and I need to understand. Could it be that very possibly there may be a come come a time in our future, there will come a time in our future when you'll seek him and will not find him? When you call upon him and he is not near, what is he saying? While While the door is open, while the invitation is here, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek his way. It's not rocket science, is it? We forsake our way and we seek his way. This is the way I want to go. This I want his way. I'm seeking after, proactively seeking after, you know, Matthew 6, I love it in the New Living Translation. You ought to get you one of those. They're pretty good. A little study Bible. There's a study Bible. I think it's the Spirit-filled study Bible, the New Living Translation. It's a great resource. Listen to what he says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Somebody say above all else. You see, if you and I are gonna find a way, if we're gonna get on course with the course of life that God has, the new thing that he has for us, the new path, the new way, he's gonna make a way in the wilderness and a road in the desert, yes, he's got, hey, whatever you and I are going through, he can make a way. Amen. But we must seek his way. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, God has a way. He'll make a way for us, but we must seek his way. You don't stumble into the way of the Lord. You don't stumble into the course of life. We have to be proactive in forsaking our way and seeking his way. This new living translation, Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I like this lady right here. I'm going to give y'all a chance. I'm backing up. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I know some of you may be going, oh, preacher, you You're not very deep and wide. Well, from my understanding, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And I feel the fountain flowing this morning. So to get on course and stay on course, we must forsake our way and seek his way. Number three from Isaiah 55 verse 3, hear his way. He says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear, come on now. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with me. We've got to open our ears to what thus saith the Lord. I I think this conference, the the theme of it is, is reformation of the word of God and reformation of the spirit of God in our life, right? Am I right? Am I right? Did I hit it pretty close? A transformation, a reformation. We need the Word of God in our life to guide us. We got to hear what the Spirit, what the Word of God is saying to us today. Come on, if you got your Bible, hold it up to your heart, man. If it's your, if it's your phone, be careful. I don't know what kind of woo, raise up, but you hold. I think everybody needs a real Bible, especially when you come to church. This Word of God in our heart, we, it, it, the Word of God will speak to us. We've got to open our ears to hear, but also we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Somebody say, Spirit, the Word. Say, Word, in the Spirit. Man, I would tell you, you've got to have both, right? Have you ever met any wacko, charismaniac Christians? <laughs> they get off in one direction, and they say things that are, thus saith the Lord. I'm going, ain't that, ain't, ain't the Lord. Because it doesn't line up with the word of God. But I want to tell you something, when you forsake your way and you begin to seek his way and you open your Bible and you spend time with God and you begin to open your heart to hear what thus saith the Lord, I'm telling you there's nothing wrong with God's mouth. I said there's nothing wrong with God's mouth and if we're going to get on track in this day and season, you'll never get on track and I will never get on track unless we begin to hear what the Lord is saying to the churches. And let him reform us and change us and transform us and reshape us and guide us and lead us. I love what Isaiah said in Isaiah 30. He gave him a nugget even in the first part of Isaiah. He said, let me just tell you what will happen. Isaiah 30, verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Go ye in it. You'll hear the Spirit of God say to you, This is the way. Go ye in it. When I get back home to Church on the Rock North, I'm going to begin a series. Here's my series. You ready? Valleys, storms, and matterhorns. You're going to all want to come. Because how many of you know there's valleys we've got to go through? How many of you know there's storms we've got to go through? How many of you know there's mountains we've got to climb? There's situations, there's circumstances, there's trials, tribulations, and pain, and agony, and, and, and all kinds of adversity that await us. But I'm telling you something, through whatever you go through, whatever, you know, Paul said, none of these things move me. I'm not looking at the valley, the storm, or the Matterhorn. I'm looking at the course of life. I got a word from God. I've been listening to the spirit of God and I heard him say to me after much prayer, contemplation and counsel from my friends and family and confirmation from the word of God, this is the way I'm gonna go ye in it. I'm so thankful for these missionaries, many of them for many years. They heard the word of the Lord and they said, this is the way. Go ye in it. got to forsake our way Who, until you do that it's hard to seek his way how many of you know you can't convince God your way is his way anybody ever try that here I go Lord bless me (laughs) how many can testify that doesn't work very well you go I thought it was sounding good So I want to encourage you to tune your ear. Listen this week. Every time I come here, I hear the Lord speak to me through the wonderful preaching of the Word of God. Hey, you can get something out of a a donkey if you listen close. In fact, Isaiah said the donkey's no better than you. Translate that to East Texas vernacular. No translation needed posture. (laughs) Everybody say forsake your way. Say Say, seek his way. way. Say "Hear hear his way. And then of course number four, learn his way. Learn his way. There's some things you and I need to learn. Hey, I, hey. as I said, I, I, the next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in the circle of those who are. Man, I thank God for people. In fact, you know, let me just say something about your pastor. Let me, let me just tell you. This man is a theologian. Now, and then the next best, he's a spirit-filled theologian. You still talking tongue, man? Okay, just checking. At one time, he called me his pastor. I didn't hear that today, so I don't know. But... <laughs> Isaiah fifty-five verse ten, he says, "For the as the rain comes down from here's some more of this figurative language. Woo, as the rain, let me just tell you something. He's talking about the word of the Lord here. I'll show you. As the rain comes down, woo, and the snow from heaven. Oh, I don't know if I'm prophetic there." And, and do not return there, but they water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it to do. And the more we learn his way, the more of his word that comes raining down upon us and feeding our life. And, that, and I didn't read the first part. I wish I had time. But he says, ho, oh, everyone who's thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Listen, when we began to feed upon the word of almighty God and the thus saith the Lord over our life, it will direct our path, direct our way. How many of you can, I'm not going to ask you to stand. You can raise your hand. How many of you, over the course of your course of life, you've learned a thing or two? Raise your hand. And you say, man, I ain't doing that anymore. Amen. Have you ever stuck a bobby pin in the light socket or something? <laughs> yeah. You know, how many of you, when your parents say don't do that, you go, I wonder why not? You've learned a thing or two. I've learned some things just on a just things you don't do anymore. How many of you don't try to scare your wife? It's damaging to everybody. Don't do that anymore. I got to tell you one. Can I tell you one? Beverly and I were in Kenya. I took her to Kenya to see the animal and the minister. She was amazed. She saw the elephants and the giraffes and the zebras. I said, oh, it was amazing to see my wife look at those animals and all the experience. And so our last day there before we leave, we're in Nairobi shopping. And our guide, our missionary guy said, now, ladies, hold on to your purses. There's pickpockets here and you got to pay attention and got them all, the fear of God in them. And so we're walking down through the streets of Nairobi shopping and I, I, I took up the rear and, and my wife is up there and the devil came out of me. And I slipped up behind her and just took her purse and just tugged it just a little bit like that. And she turned around in karate form. That was not what I was expecting. <laughs> and everybody in our crew looked at me like, you were the stupidest guy. <laughs> After all that anointing all week, <laughs> on the last leg of the trip, you totally blow it. Some things we've learned, David said this, or the psalmist said this in Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you, catch this, Guess what God is saying. I will instruct you and teach you in the course of life that you should go. Everybody say, forsake your way. Seek his way. Hear his way. Learn his way. And oh, we got to get over this one. You got to think his way. This is the hardest one of all, I think. For he says, as I've already read in verse 7 and 8, he says this. He says, when you get old, you don't know if you need your glasses or you don't. It says this for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Oh, let me back up to verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. (laughs) Anybody ever had a bad thought? Well, sure we have. But let me tell you something about your thought life, my thought life, our thought life. It's the battleground of the course of your life. What does the Bible say about our thoughts as a man or a person or as a man thinketh in his heart? So is he, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you can turn there later. He talks about taking captive every thought. He says, pull down. Everyone say, pulling down strongholds. That word stronghold, you look at it later, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you. He says we, we're, we're supposed to pull down strongholds. That word strongholds means castles in the mind. How many of you know, the longer you think about something, the bigger it becomes, the more fortified it becomes, the belief system is built, and it could be a, a big, the biggest lie you've ever heard. How many of you know, you you can listen to a lie long enough and you go, well, maybe that is true. and you Maybe, maybe I am a no good. Maybe I am a no good. Nobody. Maybe God can't do what He said He was going to do. Maybe I am depressed. Maybe I am fearful. Maybe this is just how it's meant to be. And all of a sudden, a stronghold is built in your brain, and you and I have to realize that that our thought life is a battlefield, and we got to come to the place where we. Uh, can I? I've already. I don't know who I've quoted. I'll quote Popeye. I've had all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. And let me just tell you, if you get sick and tired of the way you're thinking, let me just, let me just clue you in. We've already, all of us have got sick of it too. Amen. I'm just getting a few things off my chest this morning. I had a lady tell me years ago, she's having trouble in her marriage, her third or fourth marriage. She thought I was the guy to call. And I'm trying to talk her into the word of the Lord. She said, finally, it blurted up out of her. Well, all men are cheaters. Nope. They're not. No, they're not. <laughs> she looked at me. All men are cheated. I said, no, they're not. You just think they are. And just because you think they are, doesn't mean they are. How many of you know there's some things that you think are true that are just absolutely not true? How many of you have ever been brave enough, bold enough to when you think something even theologically and then finally, when you're open enough to read and understand and learn, go, well, I thought that was true. It's just not true. But understand something. You and I need to realize we need to begin to think the way God thinks. God doesn't think the way you think. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And you know what? Because we've got the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, we can begin to think right again. And this morning, even as we come close to the close of this service, understand something, that God might be speaking to you through this old gray-headed, bow-legged preacher from Beaumont today and digging around in your brain a little bit by way of the Holy Ghost and just saying, listen carefully, you got to dethrone those things that will keep you from the way of the Lord in your life, that will knock you off course. got to think his way. Lord, give me your way of thinking. I talked to you about my friend. We were talking about in our in our you ever met anybody when they get old they get cranky. I touched a nerve, Pastor. We may need to have counseling. You ever heard anybody when they get older, they get bitter yes. instead of better? Yes. I'm not a prophet. But I'll bet you it started right there. Could it get a better Amen. And something in there never got dethroned. You ever met anybody that just cannot let it go? (laughs) You you know somebody needs counseling, right? Okay, we'll get them in there. They just can't let it go. They carry offenses and hurts and problems and pains in their life for day after day, year after year, uh, you know, week after week, year month after month, year after year, and they get old, they get cranky, they get bitter, they get mean, they get ugly, and they come to church and cuss out the preacher. I don't know how that happens. Yes, I do. It happens because we didn't dethrone these, this thinking in our life and say, you know, the way I'm thinking is stinking thinking. The devil put that in my head. And it's coming out. Everybody say, forsake your way. Seek his way. Hear his way. Learn his way. Think his way. And oh come on now, let's just get up. Let's let's do number six. I'm gonna close here. Go his way. Come on, we don't just need to talk about it. One of these days I'm going to do this. One of these days I'm going to, do, you know, these missionaries at some point in their life, they're going, ooh, we got to sell the house, honey. Ooh, baby, we got to cash in. We're moving to Mexico. Oh, my Lord, we're going to go to Japan, Bobby. What on earth are you thinking, man? I got the word of the Lord. I'm going to get up and go. Look what he says over here. This is the good part. He says this in verse 12. For you shall go out, this is, this is, oh, if you don't get anything, you can go home and if you got this, you'd be pretty good. Here we go. For you shall go out with joy. I said, have you ever met anybody? They look like they've been baptized in what? Pickle juice. And they are spiritual. No, you're not. You've just been in pickle juice. You need to go back to the other point and fix some things the way you think. Because when we go out, we ought to be the happiest people in town. You shall go out with joy. Somebody say joy, joy, joy. I'm telling you, the God's people who are on the path, listen, when you get on the right path, it'll make you happy. You see, your way will take you the way of death. But when you get on the path of life, when you get on the course of life, it doesn't matter what you go through. Whatever storm, uh, valley storm or matter horn you're going to face, you're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I said joy unspeakable and full of glory. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. That's the way of the Lord. And this week, if you don't have joy and peace, don't dare go. Don't go until you have the joy and the peace of God. You'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace in the mountains and the hills and break forth into singing. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Everybody, play like a tree. Some lousy trees in this house now. I'm done. All the trees of the field will clap their hands instead of the thorns shall come up the cypress instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. That's our mission, man, I'm telling you. That's our course of life. It shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. We've got to forsake our way, seek His way, hear His way, learn His way, think His way, go His way. Whew. And then I'd slip over in the New Testament and say, Show his way. Everybody say, Show his way. You see, it's one way to go his way, but it's another thing to show his way. Come on, grandkids, we're going this way. Woo, come on now. Come on, brother, sister. Come on, friend, family, foe. This is the way of the Lord. You need the way of the Lord. Show his way. This is the way. I heard the word of the Lord. I heard the spirit of God. And we ought to go. Come on, you need to go the way of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Somebody say amen. In this world has lost her way. We need preachers, teachers, missionaries, pastors, mamas, daddies, brothers and sisters to not only forsake their way and seek His way and hear His way and learn His way and think His way and go His way, but show His way. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up together. Pastor said I had a little grace this morning of time. This is what I saw this morning when I woke up in the middle of the night. All of us looking at our brothers and sisters said stay the course." This is my prophetic unction to all the missionaries, pastors, friends, family. Stay the course. Tell somebody. Turn around, and tell somebody. Look them in the eyeball. Stay the course. I say over this pastor and his wonderful family, stay the course. I say over these member missionaries who are my heroes in the faith, stay the course. I say over mamas and daddies, grandma, grandpa, supporters, you know, they're senders and they're they're goers. And if you're a sender, uh, hey, stay the course. If you gave in missions last year, stay the course. If you're, if you're a missions hearted person stay the course somebody come on let's lift our hands and say God help us in twenty this new thing this new way God is declaring over us a course of life he is declaring over you a course of life you and I have to cooperate with the word and the will of God Lord may we be men and women missionaries pastors leaders Lord who stay the course and we forsake our way Lord we seek your way, we hear your way, we learn your way, we think your way, we go your way, and we show your way to a world that is lost and without Christ. In Jesus' name.